This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today's episode is, uh, well, I was going to say, today's episode is <laughs> Listener Gwen. Okay, well, yeah, let's it. do a whole episode about Listener Gwen and how much we love them. Now, uh, today's episode is Nutmeg, and it was suggested. I guess who? Like, wait, uh, give me three, three guesses. Okay, uh, James Cameron. <laughs> Listener Gwen. Oh, you didn't give me three guesses. Oh, I was, was going to get it. I was going to get it. I was too it, excited. Probably. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for suggesting this episode. I can't believe we haven't done nutmeg yet. I mean, I feel that about every episode we haven't done. I think yet. it's been on our list for a while. Molly, do you have any nutmeg memory lane or oh, nut, big nut time memory lane? <laughs> big time. I remember my dad always putting nutmeg into into places that seemed unexpected to me. Oh. Like, like like inserting his it ears into ears yeah. and in his beard. No, um, <laughs> did I he remember- did he like tie a bunch of nutmegs to his beard like uh, like Blackbeard? You know, it occurs to me that a whole bunch of nutmeg tied on a string would make a really soothing wind chime sound. Don't you think? It, I mean, I I don't know if it would be chimey exactly, but yeah, I think it's like like, like a nice a- clacking sound. <laughs> it would sound like one of those executive desk toys <laughs> with the balls. <laughs> okay. Matthew, uh, yeah. my dad would put a little bit of nutmeg in like the the egg custard mixture for French toast. I remember him putting a little bit of nutmeg in his rice pudding. Uh, oh, however, yeah. when I was a child, I don't think my parents ever kept whole nutmeg around. I mean, they had ground nutmeg, so sure. it would be like, you know, a sprinkle of nutmeg. Did you ever have one of those executive desk toys? I don't even know what you're talking about. So the thing, it's got five large ball bearings that are like hanging from uh, from like two strings each, and you like pull one back and <gasps> let it go, and it goes clack, 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 and if you pull two back, then two... I know exactly what you mean right. now. There was a time when I was a kid when there was nothing in the world I wanted more than one of those. Uh, I asked for it for like my birthday probably and got it and probably it retained my interest for like a day and a half. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that seems that seems right. Yeah, I mean, and then of course, like you know, because I was an executive, I, I had to get back to business. Matthew, but what what about nutmeg? Is it on your memory lane? So not really. Like I, you know, I definitely like thought of it like as a spice that goes into some things, and like we would sometimes have it around the house. But my only like specific nutmeg memory is learning, like when we first started getting the Penzi spices catalog, learning from that catalog that mace is the thing that surrounds the nutmeg seed and I was like cool and also I don't think I'd actually heard of mace before that so like it wasn't like I was like finally putting the puzzle together but I did think it was cool that there was one spice that like wrapped around another spice I hope you're going to talk more about that oh for sure absolutely I have a, a couple other stops on my memory lane please do uh, one is that, so when I was in my early 20s and had so much time <laughs> and was like really invested in teaching myself how to cook, mm-hmm. I remember teaching myself how to make bechamel uh, in order to make a souffle. Oh, yes, me too. Yeah. And I would use Julia Child's recipe from uh, The Way to Cook. Anyway, so yeah, there was always a little bit of nutmeg that went into Julia Child's bechamel recipe. I remember that. And then I remember when I met Brandon, he was, I mean, when I met Brandon, he wasn't even a year out of undergrad. Mm -hmm. And he had gone to the Oberlin Conservatory and, you know, had like all this specialized music training. Sure. But what he remembered really fondly that he told me about food-wise from college was, I believe it was the Oberlin Music Cafe. I think it was like at one of the nice. music buildings. Yeah. And they sold nutmeg muffins. And he raved about these nutmeg muffins. And I was like, that is, the, why would I want to eat anything that is just like flavored with I, nutmeg? I kind of feel the same way, but I also it would be curious to try it. Well, so Matthew, I remember, I mean, if you go look at the ancient days of Orangette, which Mm. by the way, listeners, I am considering, it costs me like close to $700 a year to continue hosting Orangette every year. And as much as I hate to lose that archive of my life, I don't want to keep paying for it. So listeners, hey, if you go looking for this nutmeg recipe and it sounds good to you, consider printing it or downloading it because orange could you may like not could you like import it to longer. your Squarespace site or something? Let's talk about this in great detail on the show. Great. Anyway, but all this to say, hey, there is a nutmeg muffin recipe on Orange because in the early days of my knowing Brandon Pettit and falling in love with him, I was like, dude, I am going to make this man nutmeg muffins. I'm looking at it right now. They are delicious, Matthew. Uh, I would also add, you know, if you have Marion Cunningham's breakfast book, that classic, classic cookbook, she's got a recipe for nutmeg muffins. You can okay. find right there. Huh. Anyway, nutmeg muffins are so good. And I learned through making them that I love the flavor of nutmeg. That's really cool. I mean, I love the smell of nutmeg. I don't I don't feel strongly one way or the other about the flavor of nutmeg, but like the process of grating nutmeg is very satisfying of it taking something so that seems like hard as a rock and uh, and quite easily turning it into into like gossamer flakes. I don't know if that's what gossamer means. Do you ever keep ground nutmeg around or is it just whole nutmeg? I now? would never. I would never either. Only, only Let's get whole the record nutmeg. straight. Um, like All right. why, why only whole nutmeg, I guess. Cause like we have a microplane and it's cool to have a whole nutmeg. Well, also it seems to me that it keeps for a really long time and doesn't lose its fragrance. Oh yeah. 
I can work on a single nutmeg for uh, countless recipes (laughs) over the course of months, even maybe years. And the other thing is, it's just not that hard to to grate it. Right. Now I'm curious, like, uh, I I don't know, uh, I'm in in my podcasting closet and I'm too lazy to walk over into the dining room. But uh, so I don't know how many nutmeg pods we currently have. And I'd be curious to look and see like how many different ones I've been grading. Like, like, do we have several like partially graded ones? That seems like a thing I would do. I have two rattling around in the little, the little aluminum container I keep them in. Okay. And I am careful to only use one at a time. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, for so, a while, okay. I feel like I was making progress on not like starting a new water glass every time I was thirsty. And then I think I got worse at it again. This is why I, anyone who's ever been on like a Zoom call with me or like any sort of video teleconferencing thing has noticed that I drink from a like a giant quart sized Nalgene bottle. And this is why, Matthew. Yeah, because no, I get it. Then I've got like my designated water vessel for the day. Yeah, Hot tips here from spilled milk. DWV. D- divorcees with voices. Water. Vessel. But I'm thinking of it as like a girl group. D- oh, DWV. Yeah. A de- Destiny's water vessel. <laughs> Destiny's water vessel. <laughs> that's, a, that's what it was called. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Matthew, okay. tell me about nutmeg. <laughs> well, before we start, I have an important nutmeg warning from Wikipedia, which which says, if consumed in amounts exceeding its typical use as a spice, nutmeg powder may, may produce allergic reactions, cause contact dermatitis, or have psychoactive effects. This seems like something that like one of those like uh, like jackass <laughs> yes, shows uh-huh. would, would do like, <laughs> let's try to overdose on nutmeg. Have you ever watched one of those <laughs> jackass shows? I never have. <laughs> I have. It either. I think I would be grossed out. So how does this work exactly, this plant? Last night, Lori and I were watching something and there was a commercial that came on where uh, where it said the sh- that like the show on the commercial was not for the faint of heart. And I turned to Lori and said, you know, I think when they say that, like the faint of heart they're referring to, that is me. I am the faint of heart. Yeah, that's so cute. But that's why you gotta love me. It's so cute. Okay, Okay, so faint of heart. Tell us about nutmeg. All right, so guess what? It's time to talk about plant sex again. Is this Mr. Botany? Are are we having a visit from Mr. Botany? We're having a visit from Mr. Botany. Wow, Mr. Etymology hasn't been around in a while. I wonder what Mm. he's up to. I'll send him a DM. Hold on. Do we have a theme song for Mr. Botany? I've got one. Oh, okay, great. I am Mr. Botany, which is the same one we use for Mr. Etymology. (laughs) That's the whole thing? Okay. (laughs) It's like, I am Mr. Ed. All right, go on. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right. And also, also like Mr. Ed, I talk and eat peanut butter. <laughs> uh, okay, so plant sex. So if you're growing fruit and you, you're a gardener, so you probably know this, uh, the last thing you want is to catch your trees having sex. This is true, even though we are a sex positive, music negative show. Right. Do you remember how that joke started? I don't at all. Nope. (laughs) Okay, great. Um, Okay, so, but really, you don't want your trees to have sex because sex produces genetic diversity. And if you want to, like, grow fruits that have a, like, predictable uh, morphology and yield and, like, aren't all over the place in terms of size and flavor and stuff, you don't want your plants to have sex. You want them to reproduce asexually. And furthermore, nutmeg trees, which uh, in Latin are called myristica fragrance. Pretty cool, right? I love that. Nutmeg trees are dioecious. 
So each tree is either male or female. Yes. And only the female trees produce fruit. So uh, you do not want any male trees on your on your in your nutmeg orchard. But you can't tell the sex of the tree until it's six to eight years old. But you don't want them to have sex anyway. So wait, do they ever have sex? Do they ever get to hang out with the males? No, because uh, they are they are propagated by grafting. So like I feel like I keep having to learn this over and over. Like what is grafting? Like you know if if uh, plants are always producing seeds, why do you graft them? And it's because you want like more of the same, not like a variety of of new things, unless you're specifically trying to breed a new a new variety. Um, So grafting produces uh, female trees reliably, uh, but you still need to wait seven to nine years before the new tree will produce fruit. Wow. I'm amazed that nutmeg is not more expensive. Yeah. I mean, it's not cheap. Yeah. And it is a really cool fruit. Like we should, uh, I mean, we'll link to the Wikipedia page, which has cool pictures of the nutmeg fruit opened up. So the fruit itself is like this light greenish droop, which is kind of, kind of like plum looking. Um, mm-hmm. A droop, droop is a uh, is a is a stone fruit like an apricot or peach. But unlike a drab peach pit, the nutmeg pit looks wild. It looks like it is. It's like this dark pit that has these red alien tendrils spiraling around it. I'm like, gonna pull up a picture. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, it looks like it looks like you're making a Halloween haunted house. <laughs> you've got some angel hair pasta that you've dyed red with fake blood. And you wrap it around a nutmeg and you're like, this is this is the bloody eyeball. That's what you do, right? Isn't this cool? Did you find it? Well, so wait a minute. Okay, so so there's the fruit, which kind of looks like a, a loquat or something sure. almost. And then inside of it is the pit, which it almost looks like um, a nutmeg that's been wrapped in like red call. Yeah, like like call fat. That exactly. How many people know what that is? Who, who I didn't... don't know. This is a food show. <laughs> okay. You people should know. <laughs> okay, great. Okay, so the mace is the part that these this like spider web that's yeah. covering the nutmeg. Yeah, and and but botanically the mace is an aril, a r i l, which is a fleshy outgrowth from the from a seed that encloses it. So like like wow. when you're eating pomegranate seeds, like the juicy part is the aril of the pomegranate. Oh, the, wait, the juicy part of a pomegranate seed is the aril of the pomegranate. Yeah, so it's a fleshy outgrowth from the seed. Okay. So it's I'm not looking... the flesh of the fruit. It's it's Got a it. different thing. Matthew, I'm, yes. I'm about to send you a link. I'm oh, looking please. at this picture online that shows... Does it have anything to do with nutmeg or is it just like a cool meme? Uh, it's just <laughs> just a cool meme. Okay. It, it's, it's, yeah. No, is it's... it like that guy looking at that one girl while, the, while his girlfriend is making a face? Yeah. Uh, no, it lo- go look at it. That's, it's the, that's got, the hottest it's meme got these days. Nutmeg on the left, and then on the right, it looks like the mace that's been removed from the nutmeg, which mm-hmm. kind of looks like what? It looks sort of like chanterelle mushrooms. Like, yeah, it and it looks like it might have like the texture of like a dried pineapple or something almost. Oh yeah, I think it's drier than that. Although I don't think I've ever bought or used mace. Okay. I think I've had it like in Indian cooking, but I don't think I've ever bought it myself. I wonder how they remove it. Do you know how they remove it? Oh, that's a good question. I do imagine it makes kind of like a slurking noise when you pull it off. Okay. <laughs> that's as far as I'm willing to speculate. Um, wow, the, so this is so interesting. So the okay. the seed that the that the mace is wrapped around is not the the nutmeg. It is it is the the nutmeg seed. So, so what you're what you're seeing there is like it's the shell of of the uh, of the nutmeg. 
So, okay. uh, so you have to take the mace off and dry it separately. You dry the seed for in the sun for six to eight weeks, and then you crack it open with a wooden hammer and the nutmeg is inside. And so when we buy whole nutmeg, what we're buying is the part that was inside that has been liberated from like the outside shell of the yes. seed. Okay, and uh, the fruit flesh itself, like if you, if you uh, live or travel somewhere where nutmeg is grown, the fruit flesh is not exported, but it has culinary uses locally, um, mainly in Indonesia and India. And you can juice it. You can make it into pickles or chutney. You can shred it and use it in desserts. And it has like a tart, like maybe I, I'm speculating now, maybe like a green mango-y sort of flavor. Hmm. Maybe we should go to Indonesia for our next corporate retreat. I would love that. That would be amazing. Uh, anyway, so yeah, well, nutmeg is native to Indonesia. Native to Indonesia, add. which is still the largest producer. It's not the largest exporter. Uh, India is the largest exporter. Um, mm-hmm. the, the third, I think the third largest nutmeg exporting country is the Netherlands. And it's because, you know, they had a colonial, long colonial relationship, which is probably too nice a way of putting it, with uh, Indonesia. And uh, so there is a, you know, a big taste for nutmeg in uh, the Netherlands, but also they import a lot and then re-export a lot for reasons that I don't understand. Interesting. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen, Uh, they've got, you can borrow appliances. Like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling, you can borrow it. No charge. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post-meeting drink. You can bring your pet. Totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you can use. And they have the built-in alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier (laughs) when I am traveling and I have like a place to put away my clothes. Mm -hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody, nobody. Yeah, so like a whole closet system where I can really like unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then. And this is Town Place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. This episode is brought to you by Masterclass. Masterclass is the website that takes you from that thing you've always wanted to learn to learning that thing. Well, and you can learn it from the person who's literally the best at it in the world. Oh, come on. Really the best in the world? Yeah. Like, remember I watched those videos with uh, with Steph Curry on, like, you know, how to have proper, like, basketball shooting form and That's stuff. That's right. You And you have been sinking so many threes <laughs> since then. It's ridiculous. I just can't stop. Um, okay. Well, I took a class with Hans Zimmer, film composer. Maybe you've heard of <laughs> movies such as The Lion King. Mm. Maybe you've heard of Gladiator. Yep. The Dark Knight. Dune. He did all of those. I loved And Dune. now he's teaching me how to do it. Like the art of making Has people feel to things. To, to teach me? Yeah. Yeah, because, because I've got a master class subscription. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you know, Matthew, I also hear that if you want to take a class, say, from like Alice Waters or Thomas Keller or even like Yotam Orolengi, yeah. you can get essentially what are like private lessons. Now, granted, they're they're... They're on masterclass. Yes. But private lessons did, from these right. people. Odalenghi doesn't come to your house, That's but right. virtually he does. That's right. So masterclass makes all of this possible, and you get unlimited access 
to the very world's best teachers. And you will get 15% off an annual membership right now at masterclass.com slash spilledmilk15. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash spilledmilk15. Masterclass.com slash spilledmilk15. What about cooking with nutmeg? I mean, I think of it as something that primarily I encounter or I, I put in baked goods, although I am thinking of like creamed spinach often has a little bit of nutmeg in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what about in, in other cuisines? I mean, I'm thinking of like American baking as right. having nutmeg in it. But what about other cuisines? So nutmeg shows up a lot in Indonesian food. So like in soups, stews, curries, gravies, usually in co- in concert with other spices, so like if you're having like a, a soto or a laksa or something like that, it is it is likely that it will be made with nutmeg. And would it be grated nutmeg grated yeah. into? Okay. It's used a lot in India. It's where it's called uh, jaifal or jaipal, I think, in Hindi. And it shows up in curries, salads, baked goods, desserts, like the full range of sweet, sweet to savory. And like all of those, all of those great dishes for that part of the world that are kind of in between. Mm-hmm. Nutmeg and mace both frequently show up in haggis. This totally makes sense yeah, to right? me. Yes, that absolutely makes sense to me. I mean, it would have been like, you know, it is it is uh, it's native to what are, what are called the Spice Islands, you know, what were called the Spice Islands. And we're like, you know, part of like the uh, middle, you know, Renaissance uh, and medieval spice trade. And so like the the times like, you know, that, that like Lynn Rosetto Casper writes a lot about how like in Renaissance Europe, there was uh, lavish use of spices. And like she includes a few a few recipes like that in, in her book, The Splendid Table. And so nutmeg would have been one of those spices that people were using with great abandon when spices became popular in Renaissance Europe. Hmm. Love it. So what what does it go in other things in northern Europe too is that Yeah so so in uh, in Holland like uh, it's which is the world's leading importer of nutmeg uh from what I was able to gather, it is mostly used to flavor vegetable dishes. I think there's probably a lot more to it than that, but that's what what I was able to to uncover with some with some brief googling. All right, what about you? Have something here about uh, curds and whey? <laughs> okay, so this is. I, I feel like we might have to do an episode where we try this. Uh, okay, so obviously nutmeg it goes in in and grated on. Net. Uh, eggnog, but also it is a f- uh, frequent flavoring in junket. And when I say frequent, I don't know if anyone still makes this. <laughs> okay. So junket is also known as curds and whey. And I don't think I ever knew what this was before. I think I assumed curds and whey was the same as yogurt. It is not. So you take cream, you heat it, yep. and you add rennet to coagulate it and flavor it usually with rum and uh, and nutmeg and maybe other flavorings. And so it's kind of a like uh, coagulated cream dessert slash dish. And huh. I feel okay. like... We have a we have a I'm policy of a like picture. not not yucking people's yum on on this show, but I, this feels like a deeply like European thing that I kind of feel okay about making fun of. Yeah, no, I'm I'm looking it up right now. What kind of food is junket? A milk based dessert. So I think 
just like we we always talk about Snapdragon, but we've never played Snapdragon. I think we need to to do an episode where we eat junket. <laughs> I like the idea of eating a press junket. Uh, <laughs> oh um, no, we should go on a press junket. This is interesting. You know, in in some of these pictures of it that I'm seeing, it looks as smooth as a pudding. Yeah. I don't. I but don't it, know. It sure sounds like it would be lumpy. Yeah, you know who would who would know for sure would be friend of the show Ken Albala. And if we, I think if we could That's just like right. put up the signal, like he'll write in and explain what this is. That's correct, Ken Albala. Please come tell us about what the texture of junket should be. I mean, is it is it kind of, you know, when you have to stir yogurt and you don't stir it very well and it's got like lumps in it? Is it gonna be like lumpy like that, or is it pudding in the sense of being smooth and silky? And all, no? wait, now here's something else that confuses me. Uh, so on Wikipedia it says Dorothy Hartley in her Food in England has a section on rennet followed by a section on junkets, curds, and whey or creams. She cites rum as the most common flavoring and clotted cream as the usual accompaniment. It sounds Ooh, like cream it, with cream. It sounds like it's already mm. clotted cream. Yeah, I'm very interested in this. Okay, okay somebody I think come- yeah, we need to we need to get junket wise. Yeah, somebody come to take us on a, a junket junket. Yeah. Oh, invite us on a junket junket. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Matthew, when you uh, use nutmeg these days, uh, what do you use it in? So I remember like grating nutmeg like within the last couple of years, but I don't remember what I was making. I, I think probably it was going into like a spice mix for an Indian dish is my okay. guess. Uh, I asked wife of the show, Lori, and she says, yes, I use it, but it's always just like part of like a baking spice blend, like that mm. uh, she'll make a uh, spiced muffin or something and uh, probably not just nutmeg, but uh, like a gingerbread muffin or something. And nutmeg will be one of the ingredients. So okay. it's not, you know, like I said, I've got some mu- some some muffins. I got some nutmegs that have been kicking around there for a while. And I'm, I'm not a heavy nutmegger myself. I think I'm a heavier nutmegger than you are. I think you are, are, yeah. So what do you use it for? So uh, it shows up for me in a lot of baked goods. Uh, Pumpkin bread, uh, you know, not so different. Oh, it's part of pumpkin pumpkin pie spice, right? Sure, yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I think I have put it in various squash soups in a small amount. I know I've also put mace in squash soups. Okay. Certainly the muffins I mentioned before. Uh, French toast, I always grate a little bit of fresh nutmeg into the batter. I almost never measure nutmeg. When somebody asks, when a recipe asks for nutmeg to be measured, I am sorry, but if I'm grating Mm. it, I'm just going to totally eyeball it because what am I going to do? Like just grate it into a a bowl and then I don't know. Yeah, I am the worst about this. Like when a when a recipe calls for like half teaspoon of freshly ground pepper, I will grate I will grind the pepper into a Pyrex bowl and then measure it with a measuring spoon. I'm the worst. Like I can't. I know it's wrong and I can't stop. No, I I love that you're willing to do it. I mean, I would think that I would be willing to do it, but I'm not. But not with pepper, not with nutmeg. Make my recipe come out any better to do that? I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. Rather than just like holding the pepper mill over the pot and like grinding yeah. it a couple of times. It's okay, Matthew. I still like you. Yeah. Um, Thanks. Let's see. Oh, another place where you have to have nutmeg is eggnog. 
Uh, oh, yeah. And I, I mean, my family has made eggnog for, you know, for the holidays for a long time. Oh, yeah. We did an eggnog um, episode quite a while ago where I made eggnog for the first and only time. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. No, you got to have a little nutmeg on there. I think also, God, I feel like my mother's Thanksgiving stuffing has a small amount of nutmeg in it. It doesn't surprise me. You know, these kinds of things like that or French toast, I wonder if I would even notice it if I didn't put it in there, you know? Yeah. But there's something about the fragrance of grating it. It just feels right. My mom always puts cinnamon in French toast batter, and I think I would notice the difference. I think that's like yes. like very characteristic of her French toast. She was she was the first to do that. Of course she was. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think I think like the the nutmeg has has its allure, I've always said. And when you grate nutmeg how do you grade it on what what kind of tool? Always microplane. Very satisfying. Like like I know I know I said this like earlier in the episode, but like the thing that you like a microplane doesn't seem like like it's not like a heavy duty rasp, and yet you can take this rock hard piece of what seems like a piece of wood and just lightly lightly brush it against the microplane, and uh, and it just like flakes off and, and you're left with this perfectly flat surface that you graded. It's so satisfying. It feels like it's so satisfying. It feels like I, I can like control matter. I have Dr. I've Strange. Never can used, he do that? I've never used anything else. Like I know there are dedicated nutmeg graders, uh, but God, since the microplane came on the market, uh, uh, that is a one-stop shop kind of gadget that I think every kitchen should have. Cause I, I use my, I use the same microplane for, Grating hard cheeses, nutmeg, citrus zest. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Love it. Same one. That, you don't that need to buy the, uh, all the different hole sizes. Did the microplane get popular around the same time as the Misto olive oil sprayer? And like one of those things turned out to be useful and one not? Yes, I think <laughs> I, I you're right. Like it. <laughs> I think you're right. Um, I have this note. Next to uh, next to my on my desk here, <laughs> it says eight by four point five by three point five. What do you think I was measuring? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I'm not going to speculate, okay. but yeah, uh, Matthew, do you have any anything you want to add about nutmeg? I do not. Okay, cool. Do you? No. I, I don't know if we have any segments this week. Like uh, like like you mentioned, we need to refill the mailbag. So contact at spilledmilkpodcast.com if you want to want to send us uh, some juicy spilled mail. Mm-hmm. Are you snacking? Yeah, I mean, I'm always snacking. I'm not snacking anything really new right now. Okay. I'll let you know when I am, though. Okay. Well, our producer is Abby Circatella. Please rate and review us uh, wherever you get your podcast. And uh, like the thing, the thing about our podcast is like if you got if you've gotten this far with uh, with it, it's because you've removed like the fleshy outer layer, you you've removed the the red tendrils, you've sun dried the pit, you've uh, hit it hit us with a hammer and cracked it open, and now now you've gotten to our faint meaty hearts. Was that the closing joke? I guess. <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg. <laughs> and I, I guess I rushed to it and like uh, it's fine. People already know about the Reddit, and I'm Matthew Amsterburton. Best episode ever. I, we just we this just in from from the International Podcasting Society. It's a best episode ever, not just of our podcast, but any podcast. Any podcast. That's right. Like this. That's this right, one, Dan Pashman. Yeah. We finally are better than you. Um, I'm Ira Glass. Like every we're better than every episode of This American Ezra Life. Ezra Klein, mm-hmm. uh, The Daily. Um, My favorite murder. Uh, yeah, we are the best.
Bye. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 